listening to highlights from One Planet Podcasts interview with Bertrand Picard, founder and chairman of the Solar Impulse Foundation. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. What I want to achieve after flying around the world in a solar-powered airplane is to change the narrative of the ecology. For 50 years, we heard that Ecology, protection of the environment is something expensive. It's something sacrificial. We have to reduce mobility, reduce comfort, reduce lifestyle, reduce economical growth. And it has created a lot of resistance, a lot of opposition. A lot of people are fighting against ecology because they don't want to lose what they have. So I decided to change that and prove that ecology is something profitable. It creates jobs, it's exciting, it offers new business opportunities inside the protection of the environment, and it is something that should bring everybody together. And to prove it, to prove that protection of the environment is profitable, I launched with the Solar Impulse Foundation the challenge of selecting, identifying, assessing, and labeling more than 1,000 solutions in the world, everywhere in the world, that would be economically profitable, that would create jobs, that would be an advantage for the consumers also, and that would protect the environment in the field of energy, water, construction, agriculture, mobility, circular economy, waste management, and so on. And it's wonderful to see that we, we did much better than the goal because we have identified not only a thousand, but today, 1,404, you know? Once we have passed the bar of 1,000 solutions available today, profitable today, protecting the environment today, I felt everybody's going to use them. Fantastic. We, we have finished our, our job. And not, not because, of course, a lot of people don't know about these solutions, but also because the legal framework is an obstacle for these solutions. You know, today, the legal framework still allows to pollute legally, to put as much CO2 as you want in the atmosphere, as much plastic in the oceans. It's not forbidden. So you have so many corporations who are accused of being polluters, and they say, we are legal. We respect the norms. We respect the standards. And this has to change. Now we have to bring the legal framework to such a modernization that it can match with the modernized solutions that, that we have. And not just prohibiting some behaviors or things like that, but allowing these solutions to really make it to the market. Because the public procurements are usually taking the cheapest thing on the beginning, although it will be much more expensive over 10 years. That's an example. Another thing, public procurements is reserving a very, very small place for innovative solutions. They want to take only well-known and standard solutions. So we are asking to enlarge the part that is reserved for innovative solutions. Yes, we want to be realistic. What does it mean to be realistic? It means that we try to obtain a result independently from our own ideology. Because you can have an ideology of left or right, or ecology, or industry, or finance, you need to find a common intersection 
between all of them. What can serve at the same time the protection of the environment for the ecologists, the solidarity with the poorest people for the left wing, the safety of the energy supply for the right wing, the development of the economy and job creation for the center right. All this is possible with the solutions that we identify. So we don't need to have a fight between the different parts of society. No, we find a common interest that is independent from our ideology and we can get a result. This is the way we want to work. We want to federate and not to split people apart. We should be realistic in the sense that we're not going to change human nature just by asking people to be nicer, more compassionate, and think more about the others and think more about the future and the next generations. There are a lot of times where the behavior of the people is so stupid, so erratic, so dangerous that you need a regulation to put a frame around the human behavior. And this is not only for environment. There is a legal framework that controls the behavior of people in mobility. You have speed limits. You can do whatever you want. You need to drive on one side of the road and not the other one. You have the rules between neighbors. You have rules for hygiene, for health, education, taxes, security, all this. You have rules. And we are very, very late in the rules for environment for a very clear reason. It's that the protection of the environment until now was too expensive. And nobody wanted to take the risk of making rules that would damage the economy. Maybe you remember this famous sentence of the President Bush in the US who said, I would never allow ecology to arm the economic development of the US. So now this sentence would not be relevant anymore because protection of the environment has become profitable. It is now finally possible for the governments to put in place regulations that are modern, that match with the modernity of the technologies and modify all this erratic behavior that we have now today, making pollution, climate change, and destruction of quality of life, destruction of natural resources, uh, forest, uh, and biodiversity in general. So I was educated into this spirit of exploration where scientific exploration needs to serve quality of life on Earth. But Solar Impulse, that was clearly a useful and ecological project to prove that clean technologies and renewable energies can achieve impossible goals, like flying day and night in an airplane. You have the Solar Impulse label, you have the global alliance of companies, you have a climate tech toolkit. Yes, all the holders of solutions, all the innovators can be in a startup or a big company can submit the solution to us. And the solution will be analyzed by our group of experts. We have external and independent experts, have about 370 of them, and they will observe three criteria. Is it a solution that exists today and is credible today? Because we don't want to have vague ideas for the future. We want to have solutions for today. Then it needs to be economically profitable and it needs to protect the environment either because it's much better than anything else existing today or because it's clearly a new business opportunity to protect the environment. If you have these criteria that are all three positive, then the expert will give 
a recommendation that we give the label, and then they will receive the label. People are not going to protect the environment because the environment is beautiful. People are going to protect the environment if it is profitable to do it. It's terrible what I'm saying, but it's the truth. So, of course, I'm an explorer. I love the beauty of the world. I've seen fantastic things like the delta of the Ganges River in the Gulf of Bengali during a moonlight. I've seen the deserts with the dunes, with the rocks of the sunrise with my solar powered airplane. I've flown above oceans where there were whales jumping in the water and the big bunches of dolphins when I was flying with solar impulse. It's beautiful, but it's not enough to motivate people. You know, at the end of the speech, if I speak about that for an hour, people would applaud, standing ovation, great. And what? They go back home? Are they going to change their habits? If it's a CEO of a company, is he, is he going to be more energy efficient? No, I don't think so. So this is why I prefer to speak with a really down-to-earth language. So maybe the people who love nature are going to say, oh, Bertropica, now he's too much down-to-earth. He's speaking about profitable solutions. He's speaking to the industry who is polluting. But we have to speak to the industry who is polluting and bring them profitable solutions. Otherwise, the world will never change or humankind will never change. And don't forget one thing. What we are damaging is not the beauty of nature. What is damaging is, is the quality of life of human beings on earth. Because we can, still, we can still have beautiful things to see. But if we have a climate change, if we have tropical disease in Europe, if we have heat waves, floods, droughts, millions of climate refugees, life will be miserable even if nature is still beautiful. I would like young people to know that there are more solutions than problems. Because today there is this eco-anxiety. You have a lot of young people who are depressed because they see all the problems and they don't see the solutions. They need to act to get out of the anxiety. They need to know their solutions. They need to know we can do something. And each one at his level has to do what he can. That's important. And I also would like to tell you how much inspired I was in my childhood by all the big explorers that I met. Astronauts of the early American space program, pioneers in aviation, pioneers in environment, in uh, underwater exploration and things like that. And all these people showed me that it is wonderful to embrace the unknown, to do things that nobody thinks is possible, to try things for the first time, to invent, to create, to call our certitudes into question, to challenge our knowledge and try to know more and better and differently. All of this, I believe, is really important in life. Always try to improve what we see and what we have. This is the meaning of exploration. Not only exploration of new territories, but exploration of better ways to think and better ways to do. We hope you've enjoyed this program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you would like to get involved in One Planet Podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening.